Eagle Nation, you're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. All right, Eagle Nation, you are listening to Gotta Talk. Uh, we are back after a short hiatus um, where uh, we, we took a break and took advantage, uh, much-needed rest with that uh, that Thursday night game against South Alabama, um, and then the bye week, but we are we are back and and ready to go, uh, and and ready to uh, to recap and analyze that that South Alabama game that that uh, obviously didn't go quite the way any of us wanted it to go, but we still got the win there, um, and we'll we'll analyze that and and what that kind of means moving forward for uh, weeks, uh, big um, um, against Coastal Carolina uh, with uh, first of back-to-back home game uh, for Georgia Southern, hopefully riding the ship and getting back on track um, to uh, a winning record in the Sun Belt and then on our way to, uh, you know, contending for that Sun Belt championship. So before we do any of that, I do want to um, uh, some really exciting news and, and it's something that we've been uh, teasing for a few days here uh, on social media, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If you're not following us, it's Gotta Talk Podcast uh, on uh, that's our handle on pretty much every platform. And um, and the news is that we have entered a, uh, a partnership of sorts with um, 24/7 Sports and Eagle Sports Insider. And uh, you know them as you know the the voice in recruiting for Georgia Southern. And uh, they've been around for a few years now, and uh, we're really excited to uh, enter a partnership with them. Now, you know, before I bring on their their head man in charge there, Justin Judy, um, you know, what what does this kind of partnership mean, right? And and you're going to be seeing is you're going to uh, be seeing our content or every episode of Gotta Talk, starting with this episode um, on. Uh, Eagle Sports Insider. So, so you'll start seeing our presence on um, on their website, and uh, along with some some additional uh, you know uh, unique content as well from from Cody and I on there. And uh, you'll be hearing more of uh, of Justin um, on this podcast, uh, coming on talking about recruiting news, um, giving some insight there. And uh, you know it's. it's uh, Early on in this uh, relationship, but and it will continue to evolve um, as as we uh, move along. But I'm just really excited, and, and with that, bring on uh, uh, Justin Judy, um, the uh, uh, head there at Eagle Sports Insider and 24/7 Sports. Um, so, Justin, how's it going, man? Hey, uh, Matt, appreciate appreciate you having me on here. So, um, just uh, you know, for for people that might not be that familiar with you, uh, just me a little bit about um about the website uh you know like when when you guys uh, um started and obviously you're you know as a 24 7 affiliate um you know your um your wheelhouse is recruiting but just just tell me a little bit about eagles yeah so we started with 247 uh probably a couple of years back we started out with actually a scout um back in probably 14 2014 uh, and then they got bought by 24-7, and we moved over to that platform. Uh, really good company. Um, you know, it's basically what we do is we house a bunch of recruiting notes, a bunch of team notes, and, uh, you know, kind of dissect the game like any 
Bayek covers the team with you, um, but we, we really do hone in our craft kind of on the recruiting aspect of it, what's moving forward, what the, what the current class looks like, what, it look, what it's going to look like, um, really staying on top of all the prospects, which changes pretty much daily, uh, for sure weekly. Um, but uh, it's just something that uh, we've, we've kind of been doing, and it's, uh, it's just evolved kind of over time and um, something that, you know, we're excited about with you guys coming on as the podcast piece because, that's something that uh you know we've been looking at kind of adding on to our site and you know if it's not broke don't fix it so you guys have a good thing going so uh, I think it'd be a good thing for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And to add something in there, you know we um, again you, you'll be able to find our our podcast moving forward on um, Eagle Sports Insider. You'll also be able to find it on GottaTalk.com on anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify. Um, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play. So wherever you, you, you currently listen to us, you can certainly still find us. Um, we're not going anywhere there. Um, but this gives us, you know, yet another opportunity to you know, hopefully get in front of some, some more eyes and, and open some of, uh, some of uh, the fans of ESI to us and, and some of our fans to ESI. So um, that's, that's really what this is all. And, I, you know, I, I, I really think that it's a perfect, uh, perfect match. I'm sure, Justin, you agree. Oh, no question. Uh, I think everything evolves over time, and uh, you know, not not everybody jumps on a website to look at content, and not everybody listens to podcasts. So bringing them together kind of gets the best of both worlds. And uh, I think Georgia Southern fans need that. I think they crave the coverage, and uh, anything that uh, we can do to help provide that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, with that, you know, we'll we'll kind of give kind of a, a, a quick little taste of maybe what you can look forward to moving uh, with, um, you know, you kind of coming on the show periodically and, and giving some some insight in recruiting. So, uh, you know, one of the one of the topics that, you know, I wanted to talk about is um, it's just kind of where, where we stand right now. We're recruiting. So so why don't you uh, you know, obviously, that's that's something I know hands out there in Eagle Nation have been. Uh, discussing, especially with our, you know, kind of slow start to the season that, you know, certainly hasn't gotten off the way that, that a lot of us wanted, um, you know, with, with some close games with a losing record right now. Um, and a lot of people are pointing to different, different areas. And, and some people are saying that maybe recruiting is to blame. So, I mean, you obviously are, are the guy to talk to there. So what, you know, what can you kind of do maybe to, to ease the minds, like a nation a little bit to, you know, what do we kind of have coming down the pipeline? Well, I think right now, you know, Georgia Southern's kind of, you know, uh, with their record, you know, obviously, I mean, losing to Minnesota and LSU, how they lost to Minnesota, I think, was one of those deals that was hard to swallow. But if you look at it from a from a perspective of they were in the game with a Big Ten team and really had them on the ropes, I mean, that was a progressive game, I think. Uh, LSU, they were just outmatched, um, you know, and they found a way to beat South Alabama and so, stuff. And Louisiana Lafayette, they're obviously one of the top three or four teams in the Sun Belt. I don't think anybody would argue that. So, um, you know, they've, you know, they struggled some on the win-loss record, but they've, they've had kind of a front-loaded schedule, if you will. So, uh, as far as how that's impacted recruiting, uh, I'd say the word is just kind of holding steady with what they got right now. Um, you know, they've got three kind of top headline commitments in Sean Pelkinson, um, and uh, Tyler Bride and, and Shaylon Howard out of Madison, Florida. Um, you know, these guys are, are three guys that have stuck with them since, the, you know, two months back. They all committed and uh, really liked Georgia Southern. Um, 
And and those are the kind of three guys are kind of leaning on. Jalen Howard probably, I guess, called one the shakiest of them. I mean, he's talked about potentially taking some visits, which is, you know, what these guys do sometimes when they make early commitments is when, you know, the season doesn't go quite maybe the way that they planned it or other colleges are still recruiting them, saying, hey, look, you know, we respect your decision, but you should still take a look at us. You know, maybe we have something we can offer. So I think Howard, you know, being in Madison, Florida, he's got a, some options there. Um, they're a school right near Florida State's campus. So uh, he's one, I guess, if you would call it, you know, kind of a soft commit, I guess, you know, depending on if he takes some visits. Uh, I know he's talked to a few folks about taking some visits. But uh, Pelkinson and Brad seem to be home serve. Haven't heard anything about either one of them wavering on visits or anything like that. Um, so I'd say that holding steady right now, obviously they're going to want to add some pieces. They're going to want to add a quarterback. Um, Sam Kernison out of Louisiana uh, is one that they've been kind of targeting. Um, you know, he was in for a visit, visit uh, or he's going to be in for a visit soon. Um, and they also had a quarterback out of Alabama come in uh, during the UL Lafayette game. So, you know, it's, yeah, they're getting some guys in here, um, but, you know, a lot of it's going to depend on where they finish up. You know, can they uh, get some wins? A lot of the recruits that I talk with, the buzzword you hear is progress. So, Yeah, and, and you know, with, with that, I mean, obviously, you know, back when we were FCS, I mean, obviously competing with all the, you know, uh, group of five teams, I guess, and obviously the other FCS teams, they're now moving up two group of five or competing with other group of five and, and the, the power five teams, um, especially, you know, with, with guys like you mentioned, that are like right in the backyard of someone like Florida state. So how, how has that kind of progressed over the years? You know, I'm, I'm kind of interested in that of, of like with, um, with guys, I, like certainly I know, you know, Cody and I try to follow it as much as we can with the recruiting. Um, but, you know, I know guys have certainly decommitted from us in the past, but, you know, with um, you mentioned kind of how we finish, obviously last year, really with the 10 wins, two years before that, not so much. This year, still, uh, you know, an enigma we don't know. Um, so how how has, and, and you guys have kind of been around, you know, through all that time. So, like, how have you kind of seen those waves go through the ups and downs of, of our work? Our... Well, I'd say when we first started out, you know, right when I guess Willie Fritz was taking over from Jeff Monk in the transition from SDS to FBS, um, you know, some of the guys that they were in on were kind of still what I'd call FCS type level fringe FBS players. Um, and just the evolution since then, it's uh, it's now kind of a bummer if most 80 to 90 percent of your class is not a three star or above. Uh, back you know, in 2014-15, if you got a three-star, you thought you got a five-star. Um, so that's a big change as, as a lot of the class now, I think there's six or seven three-stars right now in the class. Um, you know, that's a big change from even three, four years ago where, you know, you get two of those, you feel like you've hit a home run. So uh, they're in on a lot of different caliber players is the first thing I would say from an FCS to an FBS level. Um, you know, they're they're getting the Brandon Crosses of the world, who was a SEC commitment. Um, you know, um, Justin Birdsong had an Iowa State offer. Um, Monquavian Brinson was committed to Syracuse. Mm -hmm. So they're just getting it. And Kendall Vildor had a lot of offers. He, you know, obviously Tulane wanted him really bad once they left and went over to uh, Fritz's staff, really wanted him to follow them there. I mean, he's a really good player. Uh, 
So I'd say the, the caliber of athlete are getting their bumping heads with a lot of a team, you know, back in the SOCON days, they're bumping heads with Chattanooga, Furman. Now they're bumping heads with uh, still Appalachian State somewhat, but not as much as people would think. Really, they kind of stay away from each other. It's kind of interesting how that works out. There's not a lot of big time battles. Not a lot of overlap there, yeah. Not a lot, no, not like you'd expect, but there is some with, you know, kind of like a, a Memphis or FAU, stuff like that, that kind of, you know, so, you know, Georgia Southern loses one. And one main example I can think about kind of just generalizing the different type of guy they're getting is, uh, you know, one of the best linebackers for Georgia right now is a guy named Kay Crowder. Uh, he was committed to Georgia Southern all the way up until the midnight hour, really. And, uh, you know, I know the coaches were really, really, really high on him. Um, and they, you know, were kind of up the impression that if we get this guy, he's a steal. And uh, they were all at a banquet one night. I remember a lot of the coaches from Georgia, Georgia Tech, Georgia Southern, or I think it was around, it was in Macon. And, uh, you know, I found out that night that he, he got the offer from Georgia and he flipped, you know, and it was a real big bummer for Georgia Southern because they really, really wanted that guy. And it just kind of shows you that, you know they they were they were going to get that guy. Now he's at, he's he's probably an All SEC performer, his third or fourth year at Georgia now. But he's been playing you know the last few years. So just a totally different type of, of player that they're getting now. And 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 that's only and that's why I think that they're always going to be in a conversation for the Sun Belt. Um, even if they get off to a little bit of a rocky start, they still got the talent there to to beat anybody. Sure. Yeah. Well, no, that's good to hear. Um, I'll bring in Cody here. Cody's on the line with us. Cody, you got any uh, any questions for uh, Justin? No, not at the moment. I'm just really excited about this partnership and what it means going forward. So I can't wait to see how this plays out. Same yeah, here, sir. fellas. I appreciate you guys. And uh, like I said, uh, I think, you know, from what I know of, of just kind of doing this with Georgia Southern fans is they're a passionate group. They uh, they want to know what's happening. And uh you know, like I said, I enjoy hearing you guys and listening to what you guys do on a podcast basis because that definitely takes time, talent, and effort. And, uh, you know, I think allowing the two things to kind of coexist will be, be a good thing for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So the the final thing I wanted to talk about is something we talked about right before we started recording. And, and you had mentioned, you know, those those top three guys that we had. And um, they're all listed as athletes, correct? Yeah, I mean, they're athletes. I mean, I think Georgia Southern right now, if you, you know, Tyler Bride would, would be a cornerback. Um, Sean Pelkerson would be a tight end. And um, Jalen Howard would be a defensive back as well. But um, they all have the types of body where they can kind of help you in multiple ways. So, uh, and that's where I would say another piece of the recruiting from the FCS to FBS level is a little bit different is they're just going out and getting really good athletes. They're not necessarily – picking a guy just because he fits well we're, we're low on linebackers they might go get a safety and try to make him into a backer it's just right. it's the, the mentality now is just let's get the best dudes we can and it's the strategy has paid off you know it's working for them um they really do have good team talent um and, and they've been able to keep that even when the tyson summers era didn't go according to plan with wins and losses they still were getting players in there so and i think that's just you know that's the georgia southern tradition that's the um, you know, the footprint of where they're recruiting out of. So there's a lot of things going to that. Uh, it take a really, really big failure for Georgia Southern not to, in my opinion, finish in the top half of the Sun Belt every single year, no matter what happens in the schedule, just because of where they're located. I mean, it's a sure. prime spot. So, um, you know, they're always 
seem to be bringing in talent. But, uh, yeah, the, you know, Pelkison, I think, can, I mean, he plays both ways for his high school right now. He's a really good force in defensive end, but he's a really good tight end as well. So uh, I think Georgia Southern likes him in that kind of uh, Ellis Richardson role. Um, right. And then, you know, the other two that we even Kendall Vildor and McQuavian Brinson, obviously. So I think they want to retool with some high-end guys. And Tyler Bright's an interesting story. Uh, he's at Greater Atlanta Christian, but he hasn't played football that much. But he's really just picked it up, and he's kind of – he's their running back in their um, uh, starting defensive back corner, and he's just making plays all over the place. He's got really good speed, really good athleticism. So I think he's a guy that best footballs in front of him. And then Jalen Howard, uh, he's out of Madison, Florida. One of his teammates last year, Travis Jay, he was a four-star committed to Florida State and ended up signing with them. Some folks down there say Shaylen, Shaylen Howard's just as good, if not better, than Travis Jay was. So oh, wow. that's an indication. Yeah, he could be, a, uh, you know, kind of one of them sleeper. Just like, yeah, yeah, flying fly under the radar. Is that You think that's just yeah. because of who he was like either – was he playing alongside him or playing behind him? or? Yeah, I think he was playing behind him. But, you know, here's the thing, like, you know, every the the numbers game, you know, I know the SEC instituted a rule a couple of years back where you can only go with 25 signees, and that obviously is helping the group of five because I think if, you know, Florida could sign 35 guys, they'd find a way to get him in there, right? But oh, they yeah. Have to at some point, the, stop taking people. Hurt, yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, you do still have to keep a curtain the guy because, you know, like I say, if, you know, a Florida State or somebody like that has a spot open and they, he's on their list, and things get a little dicier, but you hope those relationships with Scott Sloan and those guys kind of help, you know, kind of take you over the edge in case he does get that offer. Maybe he covets if he does want that, you know, big power five offer. But, yeah, he's flying on the radar a little bit, I think, right now, just because, um, you know, he hasn't played as much as Travis Jay. He might have been overshadowed by him. But from folks that I've talked to, they – and this might just be an overall character type deal too. You know, it might be an overall kid. I'd rather have Taylor Howard. Um, you know, but they say football wise, he matches up just as well as well. So pretty encouraging yeah. news. Yeah. No. Absolutely. All right. Um. Uh, I think. Hey, Justin. Good. I got a. I got a. I got a question for you. Have you seen any difference in recruiting with Cabral taking over? With who now? Sorry. With the, have you seen any difference in how we recruit with uh, Coach Cabral taking over the recruiting coordinator position? Oh, Coach Cabral. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, Coach Cabral. You know, I've said it since he left and went to Stanford. He's he was uh, he was probably the under most underrated guy um, that that Willie Fritz had, even though he wasn't even on the field coach, right? Uh, I think if you go back to that class uh, in in fourteen. Um, he had pretty much a hand in, in, in all of those kids' recruitment. It was unbelievable when I was talking to kids saying, you know, well, as Coach Mutz, you know, linebackers or Coach Peoples, they, they'd say them a little bit, but they'd always get back to Coach Cabral. And I'm like, Man, he's not even a co- he's director of player personnel. This is amazing. So, um, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, he's one of the best recruiters I've ever seen as far as covering Georgia Southern. Um, you know, a lot of that's attributed to – He's been there, done that. You know, he played ball at Georgia Southern. He really, really, really loves that place. Uh, you know, he's been he's been a uh, all American type player. Um, he just has the energy for it. He's a younger guy. Um, he really, really loves the recruiting aspect of it. Um, and, and yeah, it's paying dividends for for the entire program. Uh, I think he kind of 
he's a relentless guy. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, he can't go out. I think the director of player personnel, he had a different race right now with what he's doing, being the recruiting coordinator and the defensive line coach. Um, all these coaches on Chad's staff, all they they all have their say in who they're going after. I think with what Victor could do before was he could kind of touch, call all those kids and keep them engaged and kind of like that relationship piece. Whereas now he's the recruiting coordinator, so he's kind of over everything, but he's also trying to get his defensive linemen. Um, but, you know, last year, A.J. Watkins, very high on him. Um, and he's trying to get some guys this year. Um, you know, he's got some guys that are going to be needing to be replaced, you know. Um, so, but, yeah, I think the transition with Victor is just – he's just relentless. That's the word I can get for Tucker Brawl. And, and uh, he's just a relentless dude, and he's going to demand that of the guys that are recruiting, you know, with him. Nice, nice. Um, all right, yeah, Cody, you got anything else? No, that that was my that's my one question. All right, so yeah, uh, well, Justin, we we certainly will uh, pick this up later. Uh, looking forward to having you on the show. Um, you know, again, periodically moving forward. Um, uh, you know, especially obviously when now that we got two recruiting periods, you know, the the, the fall one and the spring, um, to kind of help help break it down because we've said in the past, you know, I mean, again, it's it's uh, you know, as as you know, it's it's a handful to, to keep up with all that stuff. And I mean, Cody and I try our best to do it, but you know, to have, to have you now kind of in our corner, so to speak, that's, uh, you know, that's a great resource. Um, and I, I know our fans is, are going to appreciate that. And then hopefully, uh, you know, followers of, of, uh, you know, ESI, uh, you know, will appreciate what, uh, what Cody and I have, have to, uh, to offer, um, with, with, you know, our, analysis and arm you know armchair quarterback opinions and all that kind of stuff so uh lo- looking forward to the partnership for sure um i guess uh i didn't really tell people to find you so why don't you give a couple plugs of, of the website and your social media and all that kind of stuff of how people can get connected if they're not familiar with you yeah so it's uh eaglesportsinsider.com uh, is the web address and then uh twitter is at esi247 and at Justin Judy two four seven, um, and those are the three main ways. Uh, we've got a message board up, articles. We've got links to, to them obviously on Twitter, and uh, we've also got a Facebook page, um, which it still says Scout, but I don't even know Facebook's got it locked down where we can't change it. So we just roll with what we got. But uh, we do have that too. I think it's Georgia Southern on Scout or something, even though it's a 247 page. But uh, those are a couple different ways, and we kind of just shoot our articles out and, you know, let them get seen a couple different avenues that way. And, uh, and we keep rolling. All right. So, yeah, we will uh, definitely pick this up later than Justin, and um, we'll uh, we'll let you go now. And um, Cody and I will be back uh, just in a second to, uh, again, cap that uh, – South Alabama game and, and uh, preview uh, Coastal. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Justin. All right, we'd like to thank uh, Justin again for joining us and, and really excited about uh, that partnership and to see where it heads in the future. But, Cody, let's uh, get down to business here and let's uh, preview this Coastal Carolina game. Um, obviously, the long hiatus um and with a with a bye week and, and some extra days with that Thursday night game um so excited to get back into the fold back into uh Paulson um where obviously last time did not go as great but uh you know this is not Louisiana this is a team that um you know 
a, a coastal team that has struggled a little bit as of late, dropping their last two um, to App State and then, uh, you know, getting handled by Georgia State um, last week. So um, just kind of tell me a little bit about your thoughts on, on this upcoming game. Well, I, to be honest with you, I think it's all about us. Um, will our defense come and, and show out like they did against South Alabama? Um, I know they had like, what, three big plays, but outside of that, I think every other drive was a three and out. Um, and then, you know, does our offense finally get into the end zone more than once or twice in a, in a football game? I mean, I think if those two things happen, we win this pretty easily, Matt. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, um, yeah, I mean, looking back at that South Alabama game, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on that just because it is so far in the rearview mirror, but themes from that game, I mean, it's what we kind of talked about all year, Cody, and, and the, the, the big one is you know, finishing drives, you know, getting touchdowns instead of field goals, uh, you know, uh, better efficiency in the red zone. And those are things that, you know, time and time again, uh, we didn't see there um, on that nationally televised uh, Thursday night game. Um, you know, 388 yards. Uh, we had 310 uh, rushing. Um, they just had 247 uh, yards. Uh, again, our defense holding them. They had uh, just four first downs, South Alabama did, um, the entire game, uh, zero for 10 on third downs. Um, and we had, uh, we had 22 first downs to their four. So again, just, just turning those drives, some, some of those sustained drives and getting more points on the board, much more than just 20 and taking double overtime to do it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I think we pretty, it seemed like we were starting our field position the entire game at midfield. So to me, that even makes it even more frustrating that we couldn't put a few more of those drives into the uh, end zone because if we did I mean heck we could all have been sitting you know all the starters sitting pretty much by the third quarter with a you know 40 point lead but that didn't happen but we have to we have to start finishing these drives we can't leave points out there otherwise we're going to get beat I mean it's just plain and simple as that or I mean you either finish and, and, and we go on to victory or if we don't this is not going to be an outcome we're going to like. Yeah. So, uh, so far on the year, um, you know, we are just uh, averaging uh, 278 uh, yards per game, um, and we're just uh, 24% on third downs. Uh, that's another area that we said uh, that we you know wanted to see improve and, and haven't really seen that that much. Um, and the big one is, you know, 21 points per game. You and I, uh, you know, agree. I mean, especially looking at these scores across the Sun Belt and teams consistently putting up 40-plus, 50-plus week in and week out, um, we're just averaging 21 points uh, per game. Um, that's got to get higher. We want to be around that that thirty point mark um, that we were last year, and we know uh, you know our our success, our you know uh, track record of success when we score more than thirty points. Yeah, the key is that we got to get to that thirty point mark. Um, hopefully, here going out, we we kind of see. I don't want to say like the exact game as South Alabama because that was very frustrating, but defensive wise, that would be great you know, forcing the opponent to go three and out, three and out, getting our offense on the field consistently. But we've just got to finish drives. Matt, I have no idea. Like, like I, it's a, to me, it's an enigma. How, how, how are we not finishing these drives? Because sometimes I just feel like it's almost like we do it on purpose. 
Yeah, I mean, it kind of letting the team hang around, right? I mean, it's, it is weird. I mean, we held the ball for over 40 minutes uh, against South Alabama, you know, and, and again, they, they had four first downs um, the entire night, uh, you know, and, and uh, some of those came, you know, late. Uh, they, you know, outside of those three big plays, uh, didn't really do anything. You know, their two touchdowns were on huge plays, had another one that set up the field goal. Um, but, yeah, just holding the ball for, for 19 minutes. We're, if we're holding the ball for 40 minutes, um, you better believe we need to score more than than 20 or 21 points per game. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that. You know, let's kind of talk about some of the, like, personnel, you know, uh, topics uh, going on. So, I mean, the big one, obviously, is Logan Wright. You know, we, we heard that he, you know, he went down with an undisclosed injury. We later uh, learned that it was a, a, a neck issue, and we're hearing uh, four to six weeks. So that obviously is a huge hit to our offense. He was, um, you know, he or is uh, the the leading rusher uh, for us right now um, on the year uh, with 294 yards and two touchdowns on 52 carries. Um, he's kind of been our workhorse, but we have that loaded backfield. You know, it's something that um, there was a column in Savannah Morning News that talked about it of, you know, is is that possibly an issue with the kind of stagnant offense that we're seeing is that we're not getting enough, um, you know, consistency at the running back spot because it's just kind of uh, a running back by committee type situation when may, where maybe it shouldn't be. I don't know if I totally agree with that. Obviously, losing Logan is, is a huge hit to the offense, um, and we wish him a speedy recovery. But where where do you kind of see this injury and where do you kind of see the – uh, the the backfield, you know, stacking up now, uh, relying more on J.D. King, on um, Matt LaRoche, who's, who's been, you know, coming on as of late, and obviously getting uh, Wesley Kennedy back, who had a big, uh, big return against uh, South Alabama. Well, it's, it hurts because to me, he's been the best running back in between the tackles all season. Um, but we do have King, we do have Kennedy. LaRoche has been hit or miss, you know, looking at it. So, if we can get King rolling and, and Kennedy, and then obviously we have Shy, if we can get those three going, then that that shouldn't that should you know mitigate the, the loss of Logan Wright. I think a, a big thing that we're gonna miss from him that that goes unnoticed a lot of the times is his blocking abilities. And mm-hmm. I know that the the article wanted to kind of pin a lot of it on on the rotation of the running backs and and that as far as maybe the off- offensive woes. That could be the case. I look at it more maybe blocking assignments and and, an inexperienced offensive line or injury-depleted offensive line at times. I think that's where I would go with that. Yeah, I think I think definitely, and we've we've talked about that obviously. You know, Cooper and we, you know, inefficiencies at the center position. You know, he was uh, you know uh, filling in for you know a big loss uh, with Curtis Rainey last year, and we've you know we have a guard filling in at center, um, and you know that's something that we talked about to not kind of pin it on that. So I mean, yeah, get, getting the consistencies with blocking and something that we talked about, um, you know, just a second go off air is, you know, we've got multiple running backs out there all the time. They have, uh, you know, blocking assignments that they have too, right? So I mean, when when you're rotating in that many guys, you're you're kind of creating a situation where, you know, uh, it, there's a higher probability that someone could miss an assignment. Possibly. And I mean, you got to also consider that a lot of these guys that are playing this year didn't really play a whole lot last year. You know, yeah. You have, so, yeah, so I mean, yeah. and that's and that's what I mean. It's it's experience, but you're also with that many people going in. It's it's well, if if they're not on the field, then they're obviously not getting that experience. They're being rotated out. 
Um, so, you know, it could be a flow situation. And I think that's kind of what, you know, the, the article was alluding to a little bit. And I, I, I do agree with that. I mean, it's the same reason why, you know, I, I don't uh, like, you know, a, a, pl- a platooning system with quarterbacks, right? Is, is I agree, uh, you know, especially when it's it's kind of like what we saw with Upshaw and Ellison where well, you got a hot hand, but no, it's the third series, so we put the other guy in, right? So, I mean, I, I, I don't agree with that with any position, um, you know, quarterback, running back. But, you know, with, with youth, you know, with inexperienced players, rotating them out, getting those consistent reps, you know, that's only going to help them. So, you know, hopefully kind of blessing in disguise with Logan gone. Obviously we, you know, want him back. Um, but hopefully this will give these guys, um, you know, uh, behind him or, you know, sitting alongside him on the depth chart, uh, you know, more reps, more time to, you know, get those those quality snaps. Yeah, and hopefully we can, you know, get some production out of it as well because that's the main thing, right? It, I mean, as long as we're putting points on the board, that's all that matters. Right. Yeah. And, and, and let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Wesley Kennedy uh, for a minute. So, I mean, obviously getting him back um, against South Alabama uh, was was huge for the offense. Um, you know, he uh, just carried the ball uh, eight times, uh, but had 52 yards. Um, so, uh, you know, six point five. Uh, yards per carry uh, had uh, one of the one of our touchdowns um, and a, a long run of uh, 19 yards. So you know what you know he's such a dynamic player. Obviously, every time he touches the ball and and even having him out there, you know, as as a decoy, I think is is big for our um, you know for our option game and pitch game. So just kind of talk about that. And and obviously, I mean, I I, I think he did a terrific job um, after you know missing so many games um, to come back and and hopefully we'll only see that um you know improve with with the more he plays yeah I, I agree with that and also too I think what doesn't get said is that you know with with Wesley Fields leaving a underrated part of his game was his catching ability out of the backfield with mm-hmm. Kennedy back now you kind of reestablish that back now if, if Kennedy's going to be in the backfield he's going to be running back but well, now we still have that passing element that passing threat whereas I don't know if we really have that if you have King or Wright or LaRoche back there yeah. Um. And he had a great catch. Yeah, he's a he's a, in, he's a Swiss. He, he's a Swiss. Yeah. He's a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Yeah. He had he had one catch for twenty four yards. Yeah. Um. Against against health. Uh. And and yeah. He he really is. He's I, by far. I think he's our most versatile player on offense. And you can line him up pretty much anywhere on the field. He's obviously huge on special teams as well. Um. And you know that's that's a, a great you know weapon to have. Exactly. So as long as he stays healthy and is out there on that field, man. It, It'll be something else that Coastal has to keep their to keep their eye on, and then maybe that'll break open Kennedy or LaRoche or Wirtz or you know we haven't had a, we haven't heard Anderson's name since Maine. We need to I think we need to get him back in this passing attack. Um, yeah, actually, so so uh, I was looking earlier, and and Caleb Hood um, is actually uh, our our leading receiver right now. He has four receptions, sixty five yards. So yeah, d- definitely would love to see uh, Darion Anderson get. Get some more touches and 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 really and we can kind of segue into that um, with the passing game. I know that's something that we've we've heard you know seen a lot on social media. People talking about. I mean, it, it seems you know that it it has been kind of lacking um, you know a, a little bit. And I, I don't want to put it on words you know per se. I mean you know maybe some people were questioning like. Is it is it his shoulder? Is it actually fully healed? Is that why they're kind of running the ball more? I mean, yeah, we were passing a little bit against South, but it was you know the screen passes and things like that. We weren't really throwing it down the field until later, and and that 
didn't go that great. Um, and we certainly weren't taking those kind of home run shots um, that we saw in the past that were so, that was so effective where we kind of lull them to sleep and then and then throw it over top. It was in kind of obvious passing downs that we were, uh, you know, doing that. And, and, and to be fair, you know, Wirtz, uh, you know, who still hasn't thrown an interception uh, since the start of last season, um, probably should have thrown several in, in that game against South, and, and their defense just didn't capitalize on it. So let's talk about the passing attack. You know, what, what do you think is, gonna, is it going to take to kind of um, get that to the next level and improve? Well, I think the big thing in regards to the South Alabama game with passing is that if you noticed, a lot of their corners seem to be about 10 yards off the receivers at the line of scrimmage. I mean, there was tons of space, which is why I think you saw so many, like, screens, wide receiver screens, little out passes, stuff like that um, in that game. And why you probably didn't see a whole lot of the deep stuff because, I mean, how are you going to really play action fake a a corner when he's 10, 15 yards off the ball? You know, I mean, you're not really going to do it. So I think that is kind of a lot of kind of what took place in the the game the other day. As far as um, going forward, I mean, I think in order for us to really kind of see this passing game open up, we got to get the running game. we got to get that trucking first. Yeah, for sure. But we've got to get the, uh, we have we have explosive guys at the wide receiver position. We've got to find, we got to figure out a way to get them the ball. And if if passing ain't going to do it, then we got to figure out some other way too. Yeah, well, I mean, like in and arounds, um, you know, I, I think the screen thing is is a good idea. I mean, obviously we saw some success with it. Um, you know, we were uh, we were nine for 17, 78 yards passing against South, um, but. I think just more variety. I think that's, you know, one of the biggest frustrations right now with our offense is, you know, and, and we kind of talked about that in the last episode of, you know, it's it's a little bit more than, than what you may think when it comes to, like, the the option offenses and the dive plays and things like that where we might and the announcers might and, um, you know, the untrained eye would say, okay, there goes another dive play. There's different kinds of motion. There's different, you know, blocking schemes and things like that. So it's really not the same play. But – um, with with the passing, with some of that, I mean, yes, the play selection I think has been, you know, has left a little to be desired so far this year. Yeah, and I did like that will route that we had with Kennedy, man. That was pretty. If we can, right. if we can, if we can continue to, to run that play, and and teams continue to try to put a linebacker on Wesley Kennedy, we hit that all day long. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, you you yeah, right. And and that's something that you saw with uh, Fields, Wesley Fields. I mean, was so great on that wheel route, and you know he he was he was great catching the ball, and 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 certainly Kennedy has, uh, you know, that in his arsenal to be able to do. So yeah, I I, th- I think again having him back is huge, and and getting him involved just any way you can. So I mean, on the pitches, on handoffs. Um, on screens and then on like those those deeper routes like the wheel routes um, and and hopefully that will back off their linebackers and and, and you know back them from uh, from stacking the box which we saw pretty much the whole game um, against South yeah and then just hope that your your offensive line can 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 block when we decide to run right and and open up big holes too because I mean I know I mean you know what and I know that's that's a frustration of of a lot of fans right now is you know yeah you know we're getting uh, we had 388 yards, like I said, uh, 310 rushing yards against South, um, and uh, you know, averaging 278. Obviously, want that to be higher, but it's it's kind of two yards in a cloud of dust. And I, I know that's kind of boring football, and, and 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 certainly we've seen a lot of that, you know, through our history. But you also see those bigger 
home run plays and we've seen flashes of it but then it seems to just kind of sputter once we get you know not even in the red zone just kind of like sniffing the end zone at all right I mean once once we get on our opponent's side of the 50 it just seems like our our offense just becomes stagnant yeah and and I don't know if it's because they just kind of breathe like a sigh of relief like oh okay we're kind of like in in Bass's in Bass range range or something yeah right well we can relax I don't know I don't know if it's that defenses hunker down and, 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 you know, start to tighten up and, and get, you know, a little bit more serious about their assignments and, and, and blowing up our offense when we cross the 50. I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, but we've got yeah, to I mean, obviously, it out. Obviously, I mean, we just obviously did. having having a, a, a run first team and a predominant run team, um, the closer you get in the end zone, it is going to be harder. I mean, unless you're just uh, unless your offensive not uh, offensive line is phenomenal, which you know <laughs> uh, it's not a surprise to anyone. Ours is not. Um, so you know, if it, 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 you're not going to get consistently in the end zone, you know, just running those dive plays and and even the pitch plays and things like that when you have a shorter field. So you might get some of those kind of like home run plays, but then once you get down there, you've got to mix it up a little bit more with a passing to open things up a little bit. And I think, I think that's something that hopefully we'll see, um, you know, yeah, it was just short week. Maybe that's why. Um, and again, I mean, we, we saw some of the screen passes, which we didn't really see against Louisiana. We didn't see, uh, you know, um, the, the whole rest of the season. So they, they obviously have probably didn't just work on that that week. They probably had been working on that and decided to incorporate it. Hopefully we see kind of more of that and just the evolution of this offense now that, um, you know, we have that, that long break um, and, and, and getting to play on a Saturday um, in front of a Paulson crowd. Yeah, I hope so. I just, I'm just concerned that there's just been too much overturn or injury loss in the offensive line slash tight end positions for it for it to be a real hope you know what I mean yeah yeah you know? no I agree I agree I mean that's that's one of the things I want to talk about uh with with Justin here moving forward you know when we start bringing him on is is uh you know and I know we um we kind of talked about the big prospects but um with with offensive offensive line you know where do we stand in those areas you know and then uh you know kind of um, that's, that's obviously a, a, a big thing for us moving forward. Um, and just the depth there. I mean, again, to have, to have a guy, um, that's, uh, you know, a guard and was recruited as a guard to now be filling in, um, at center, obviously you can't anticipate that, you know, your center is going to miss more than half the season, but that's been the case, right? So you, you have to be prepared for it. So that kind of stuff, um, I, you know, uh, especially for, for a run first team, you've got to have those next man up uh, mentality that we always talk about. And it, it starts with that offensive line. Yeah. I think we're kind of seeing the, the results of possibly two or three seasons of either that area of our team either being missed at the recruiting level or just not being a focus. And I think it's starting to hit us a little bit. Now, I think that's changed, starting with the last recruiting class. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's – in order. For, I think in order for us to, 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 to really start to be dominant in this conference and, and really moving forward, kind of how we hoped that things would have happened, you know, like it did in 14 and 15 – that area has got to be, I think, the main focus of recruitment going forward. We've got to be able to bring in oh, yeah. really, it has really to be. big. You have time to dominate on the line, line. Yeah. 
And and that's and and with all these fluctuations, right? With the roller coaster ride that we've had uh, through the last couple, you know, coaching changes. That's that's the thing that you know you, you don't have a lot of consistency, right? Even when it comes to recruiting, I mean, Fritz is going to recruit a little different. Obviously, Summers recruited a little different for that. You know, he wanted the kind of bigger, slower you know move us more to you know off the option and you know what we saw back um you know back with uh with hatcher and stuff so you know and it it takes a long time you know that's not just an overnight thing when you're bringing in these kids and that's when you get um you know kids entering the transfer portal and, and things like that so um where you know skill players you get like these these athlete positions like we talked about um, coming in, yeah, you can kind of plug and play, right? Yeah, I mean, you can get a guy like Kennedy and then put him in. All right, you're running back now, your slot guy, um, your wide receiver, you're gonna run run back kicks. But uh, you know, offensive linemen, they're they're built very differently. So I mean, when when you know year in and year out with all these uh, you know revolving door that we've had of uh, of coaches, I mean that that is going to come back and and bite you sooner or later, and we're seeing it. Yeah, I think so. I think the only maybe saving grace is that is that Lunsford was the constant through all that and is now leading it so maybe he can be the the magic man that can put all the pieces where it needs to go and get us there uh hopefully pretty quickly because man this season is getting to be a a nail biter it seems like every week it's almost like you just can't like you can't really say oh whatever happens this week will hopefully lead us to to understanding maybe what will happen the next two or three weeks Oh no! I, it's I it's a think, complete yeah, enigma. I just think and, this season's yeah. just completely like, whatever happens this week, just that's great or it's bad. But I don't think it's going to have really any difference. What's going to happen, you know, the following weeks after that? It just, just sure. doesn't. No, and and you know, I, I had the big speech that you know was seemed to be well received. You know, before or a, after that Louisiana game, before the South Alabama game, and uh, you know, I I you and I both thought um, that we would put up a lot more points than we actually did against South Alabama. We both thought that we would win that game. We wanted a dominant performance. You thought it would be a little, you know, much closer than I did. Um, but you know, do, do either of us feel better after that? I mean, no, we don't. Right. I mean, uh, you know, the, you know, we, we have to stop the mindset of, of the win is a win thing. I know, I know how much you love that, uh, <laughs> cliche Cody. Um, and you know, and, 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 and start addressing it. And I mean, and, and Lunsford's been candid through this whole thing. Right. I mean, and, and I, I think he understands and the rest of the coaches understand and hopefully they can get, these things corrected and get the players, you know, to buy in and, and, um, you know, uh, especially when it comes to execution, cause I mean, it's there. And I, I think that's, what's most frustrating is, is, you know, you, if you see a, a completely broken team, like you saw, um, under summers, right. And I, especially in that second year, um, you see a team like the Atlanta Falcons now, right. I mean that it's, it's, it's a disaster, you know, and, and you just know there's no correcting this. We're seeing the flashes, of, of, of what could be right. And, and again, I stand by my statement of, of the, of the difficult schedule and that's not making excuses. That's not, you know, but we, we've had a, a really difficult schedule um, really up until that South Alabama game, which is why I thought we would have more of a dominant performance. And we did. Well, we, we did. Still, I mean, technically yeah. we kind of did just not on the scoreboard where it not counts. on the scoreboard. And that, and that, and that's, what's frustrating. Again, yeah. so you, you had the pieces there every week. We're a broken record talking about, well, all right, we rushed for 400 yards, got 20 points. All right. Well, we got, you know, yeah, and it's well, like and see, sooner or later, a, something's got to break away. Yeah. 
if you look at if you look at the three games or or the game is against the non non power five opponents. So the game, you know, Maine, Louisiana, and South Alabama. If you look at those three games, I think we average over three hundred yards rushing, mm-hmm. and we average I think over five yards a carry rushing the ball. And but the points just aren't there. And that's yep. I, th- I think that to me is the most frustrating. And part. possession too. Yeah, we're, pos- we yeah, control possession. And yep. and. Um, outside the main, I mean, we didn't. I mean, I know we had the seven fumbles, but we didn't turn the ball over. I think, but what once? Right. Like, but we haven't really turned the ball over. Penalties have actually came down the last two games, which is great to see. I mean, it's just it's everywhere looks good except for points, and that's the only thing that matters. Yeah, I mean, we had the five what uh, five turnovers to match last year's total um, in those first couple games, and then yeah, haven't turned the ball over. Uh, the last two so yeah. I mean um, and, and yeah and penalties have reduced um, and and we're we're having these drives we're having these sustained drives um, but we're we're coming away with field goals or we're coming away with nothing and it's yeah I mean it's it's frustrating it, it definitely with I mean because the schedule doesn't get any easier I mean you know we have coastal it's a winnable game we have New Mexico State we're probably going to go on the road to play an App State team that you know is already ranked. You know they're they're twenty fourth uh, in uh, the coaches poll and AP poll uh, this week. Um, you know chances are they're they're probably maybe in the top twenty. You know when we play them, um, <clears throat> so it gets tougher from here. You know go on the road to Troy, go on the road to Arkansas State, um, play a, a Georgia State team at the end of the year that that looks to be a lot better than anyone expected. Right, so yeah. um, we we have to correct these things. And we've got to do it now. Um, yeah, because you know, we have I, we have these two games, and then then it's right. App, uh, what ULM, Arkansas State, Troy, and Georgia State. Those right. five teams, those five teams are are, are not playing around at yeah. all. Yeah, so- South Alabama to me was kind of the proving ground. I was like, all right, look, yeah, yeah, this happened. Um, you know, we're we're one and three. It's not where we wanted to be, but this is what we're actually about. That is obviously not what happened, you know, what, what was put on display. Again, on the stat sheet, yeah, it was. <laughs> you know, we, we, we dominated them, but we it took double overtime to beat them. Um, so, and, and that obviously is what matters. So now, you know, and maybe you chalk that up to the short week. Maybe you chalk that up to um, it being, you know, a, a Thursday game on the road. Um, now we get two back-to-back home games, again, you know, winnable games, and we just we just need to see it. I mean, it's as simple as that. Yeah, we just have to see it. That's I mean, you just put it correctly. We just have to see it. So hopefully we do. I'm hoping that we do. So um, with we haven't talked too much specifically about uh, coastal. Now they again they um, they put up a lot of yards. Uh, they're averaging. Um, I mean, everyone in the conference is averaging more than us, pretty much. Um, they're averaging 443 uh, yards per game. Um, they are 42%, um, so so almost double of what, what we are on third down conversion, um, 36 points per game. Um, you know, and they uh, are uh, pretty balanced with, with Russian pass. So with uh, – and again, they, they kind of are an enigma where, you know, you have – um, you know, they obviously <clears throat> beat Kansas, you know, in the second game of the season for their first win. Um, that was a, a grinded out game. They, they won 12 to seven, right? Um, again, it's, it's Kansas, but it's, it's still a P five win. Um, they blow out Norfolk state, uh, blow out, uh, UMass 
and then dropped their last two against App State, which most people expected, still put up 37 points on them, and then pretty much got dominated by Georgia State. The The score doesn't look like it, 10-point game, 31-21. Um, they ended up scoring late in that game, but Georgia State pretty much controlled it. The only game I'm leaving out is the, the first game of the season against Eastern Michigan. Um, they lost that one close, 30-23. Um, that's the Eastern Michigan team. That's also kind of an enigma, right? <laughs> they uh, they beat Illinois on the road, um, but they're sitting at, at three and three, and you know got blown out by um, a couple of MAC teams that that weren't or uh, well, they lost to Central Michigan, uh, got blown out by them, and and they're you know subpar at best, and um, and then uh, they lost to Ball State, I believe. So. Again, coastal is just—it's—they're hard to figure out. Uh, we just don't really know. We we had said all year that maybe this is a trap game. That maybe this, um, you know, and I, I think it obviously still can be. I mean, every every game um, here on out, uh, you know, is a must-win game, and it's obviously a game that we can't take lightly. I mean, you know, playing the way we're playing, we can't take anybody lightly. I mean, we're you know, we can't take playing Savannah State lightly, right? Um, yeah. So. Uh, with what do you, I mean, again, I, I agree with you. This, this game is more about us than it is our opponent. Um, but with, with coastal, I mean, what, what are you kind of expecting to see out of them? I, I'm expecting to see a, a, a team led by Chatwell that wants to come in here and beat us. You know, I just think that he's, well, I mean, we've all know kind of his personal background with us and, and his, I guess grudge that he still has with the university and particularly maybe our athletic director. Uh, I think you'll see a, a team fired up to come in here and want to beat us. Mm. Don't expect them to back down. They're going to come in here thinking that this is a winnable game. I know they just lost to Georgia State, and in most seasons, if you'd have lost to them, that would almost be a, a season killer. Yeah, nail the Lose to them, yeah. yeah. Lose to them, might as well pack up the rest of the season because well, this just doesn't get any worse. Yeah, you're not winning yeah, many yeah. more conference games. But I don't think that's how they're going to be when they come down here on Saturday. So they're going to look in here. I think they're what three and three. So uh, yeah, they're they're three and three and yeah, zero so, in the conference. Yeah, so they're going to come in here, try to get a victory, get to that fourth win, and then that means they only have two more to get to bowl eligibility. And um, I think they have a couple of home games against more some of the more um, difficult opponents that that maybe they can run in their favor um, later on in the season. But regardless of that, if our defense, I think, comes to play the way that we know that they can play. I think we'll be fine. Yep. I think this is our offense, man. This is another another test for our offense to see can they put the pieces together? Can we finish off instead of right. what was it two drives last game? Let's finish. Let's see if we can double it and finish off four drives. Right, and then maybe get you know if you finish off four drives, you get four touchdowns. It's twenty eight points. Get two field goals. You're at thirty four. I think at that point. Well, get like, some get defensive just to, stops. Get some yep. yeah. Get get some good field position. Get some more get, field goals. Maybe another touchdown. Maybe a defensive score. Yeah. Yeah. Then then we get to that thirty point, you know, magic thirty points, and and then hopefully that's a victory for us. Yeah, but I agree. We've got it. We the offense has got to start built. Let's not let's not expect a, a miracle overnight or over a fortnight. Yeah, we're not paying. Yeah, we're yeah. not uh, we're not putting up sixty two, right? Um, we'd but love to. We'd love to, but I, I don't think that's realistic. But, but baby um, steps, baby yeah, steps. Yeah, yeah. We get over thirty. I'm gonna be so happy, right? And then 
and yeah, you mentioned. I mean, so so coastal. Yeah, they're going to be hungry for the the reasons you mentioned uh, with, with Chadwell and and that chip on his shoulder. Um, and and yeah, they they need this game, right? I mean, they, they they're looking for their first conference win. Um, they're trying to get that elusive uh, you know bowl bid that they've uh, they haven't been able to get. Um, and like you said, they they get the toughest teams uh in the conference um at home you know they after us they get troy at home uh louisiana at home they go on the road to face arkansas state and then on the road against uh monroe um and then finishing up at home against texas state so i mean this 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 is a game that they if, if they want uh to you know uh get that elusive uh bowl bid this is a game that they need so um you know uh, they they certainly are going to be hungry but uh yeah again it's it's about us we we uh, defense has to you know i'm looking for them to put up a similar uh you know stat line that they did against south i don't think it will be quite as dominant because i think this uh, the Chanticleers offense um, is 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 more potent um, than 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 South, but uh, well, and and also too, I think the the big reason I think why South Alabama was able to hit those three kind of big plays that led to their scores is we know who their we knew who their offense was right. It's Trey Minter. Trey Minter, yeah. We sold out on stopping him. If you can yep. be, if your quarterback beats us, if your receivers beat us, tip of the hat to you. And they almost we did. <laughs> they they almost did, but they didn't. They, you know, obviously our defense knew that they couldn't consistently beat us with their quarterback and their receivers. Right. And so they were like, if we can just, you know, if they hit one or two big plays, so be it. And but again, me, that 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 goes back, but, and I, I I get that plan. I agree with it, and and we did. We we shut men or down. I mean, basically, I mean, seventeen carries, forty five yards. Yeah. If I 2. tell you 6, South Alabama has seventeen points and only four. Uh, first downs, you're gonna say, well, yeah, we beat them like like 41 17, right? right. That, that and we should have, right? Because it goes, it goes, no... it goes back to execution. That's yeah. the thing is, is the plan was to shut down Minner. We did, and Defense yeah, we put it on job. them, but but yeah, we, we you can't give up those huge plays, obviously. And on top of that, offense has ha- got to bail them out. You know, all, all offense has to put up more than 20 when you get when you hold the ball for 40 minutes well, if and our you get offense, 400 yards. If our offense does their job. Does is anybody? really caring about those three plays no of course not so so if our defense i think and to be honest with you i think this is going to have to be the formula for the rest of the season on how we win games which is is very difficult but we're going to need our defense to we're going to have to ride on our defense if our defense can shut down opponents throughout the entire game that's how we're going to win it's gonna, I agree, it, and then, and that's and that's what defense. I was trying to say in the last episode, right? I mean, I I know both of us obviously want us over thirty. I think just from what I've seen, um, you know, what we've seen uh, so far this year, I think getting much more than that. I mean, that in, in itself might you know is 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 pushing it. I think um, more than that in the forty fifty range, that's just a pipe dream, right? I I I, I just think with with the um, what we've seen out of the offensive line, um, and, and some of the inexperience that we've seen in the backfield, um, I think getting, you know, putting up similar, uh, you know, point totals that we're seeing uh, across the, the, the top tier of the conference, um, is, is probably not going to happen, but yeah, we're going to have to ride our defense to shut, slow other teams down, not maybe shut them down, not like we did against South, but slow them down. And that's what I was trying to say, you know, in the last episode, to then you know 
offense still has to do some things and, and you know that we're that we're saying and then I think we can start winning games you know if, if we're getting in that 28 to 34 you know uh, mark you know I think we can start winning you know a, a good amount of games you know but obviously if we're, if we're giving up um, you know some of these point totals like like 42 45 50 something I don't think we're gonna win no any games nope so with that um let's go into predictions um so what do you got for me cody what what, what do you think with this one i'm gonna say we win it 31 27 31 27 okay so close one do you think do you think it's close all the way through or you think it, it becomes close near the um uh, i th- yeah close all the way through okay um you know i'm i'm gonna be interested to see the crowd that we get, um, you know, and, and talking about the power of Paulson and stuff, uh, you know, we got a three o'clock kickoff. Uh, that will be interesting. I know, you know, it seems like a lot of people, uh, you know, prefer that, uh, that six o'clock, um, you know, at all, all day tailgating type, type affair. Um, but, and, and, and yeah. And, and, and with, with the students and, and all this kind of stuff, uh, that's, that's going to be interesting. Um, but I think they'll be ready to play and, um, and, and, and certainly ready to be back in, in Paulson against a, a winnable opponent. Not that Louisiana wasn't, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think we get it done. I think, I think we get over 30. I'll, I'll say, I'll say 35, 31. Um, so I, I also think it will be close. Um, but you know, I guess I actually kind of <laughs> both of our predictions kind of go against what we just said, but, um, you know, I, I think, I don't know if we actually give up 30 points to them, but I mean, I didn't say that we were going to, I mean, my prediction Yeah, well, you said 27, 27. right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's so far <laughs> off. It is. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, I think on it, I, I think like, as a blueprint, I think if we could hold them to twenty-one and under, I think we win this game. That so, would be I mean, great. Yeah. Realistically, like it's probably going to be more like a like a twenty-four seventeen game. Um, but let's hope we get over thirty, um, and then it just doesn't matter. But, you say uh, this and look at it be like a forty-five to fifty-four. Right, it's going to be just a shootout. Yeah, yeah. And again, I mean, really across the Sun Belt has been has been like that. It's been really hard. You to can't predict. predict anything. I mean, everyone expected fireworks on that on that Wednesday night game against Louisiana, and uh, app. And and I stand by you know my statement. I, I think Louisiana is still a really good team. I think they are right now certainly the front runner in that West. Um, and you know we could see a rematch against App State, um, but that was a you know seventeen seven game, um, and you know. Certainly was much closer. I've got the the late touchdown, um, but everyone expected that you know that one to be a barn burner, and it, and it wasn't. No, it wasn't. All right, Cody. So uh, you know, hopefully this this kind of sets us up uh, second straight win in the season, um, gets us back to five hundred, um, and then we can uh, look ahead to um, homecoming and against uh, our last uh, non conference opponent, New Mexico State, and uh, and then preparing uh, for that. That big um, nationally televised matchup against a ranked App State team, probably. Yeah, yeah. Man, all right. Let's just get through these two games before we start about App State. Yeah. Because these two games are going to give me a heart attack, I believe. Oh, yeah. Well, let's let's hope it's not that close. But but yeah. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pick it up next week. And, uh, and hail Southern. Hail Southern, Matt. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. 
Be sure to visit our website, gattatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gattatalk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gattatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gata and Hail Southern. Oh,